Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Citanium Mine. Uh, yes, I am still down here, and uh, I hope that you had a very good holiday season. I uh, met some new friends. I put some googly eyes on some rocks, so there was that. And um, on this episode, I would normally be talking about other games that I've been playing, something uh, more recent. But the truth of the matter is that I actually wanted to go on to a bit of a rant, and I figured, why not just do that instead? So, um, recently a game came out, you might have heard about it, it was called Cyberpunk 2077, and it did not go over as well as I'm sure a lot of people were hoping. Uh, while it was the most anticipated game of the year, uh, by and large, it's been CD Projekt Red's baby for the last eight years in development, uh, a huge project, very ambitious, people were very excited. The truth is, when it got released, there were a whole host of criticisms that were levied against it, including that, uh, well, first of all, a lot of bugs, a lot of glitches, some that are game-ending, some that are literally game-destroying, as well as a terrible console release, especially on the last-gen consoles, even not really that great on the new ones, and then the idea that you even had to have a PC that was, I don't know, Deep Blue or Watson to actually run it with the highest graphic settings and, and abilities, uh, w with all the ray tracing and everything that they put in, and that the game overall just didn't feel like it was complete, and then also, of course, the issues of, of crunch and uh, what what was happening with the teams and the dev teams and what was happening with higher-ups and everything like that. Anyway, the point is, things were not going very well when it came to Cyberpunk 2077. And so CD Projekt Red did what you usually imagine CD Projekt Red would do, as almost anyone would in this case, which is make an apology video. Because, of course, we're going to make an apology video. So... So basically, the, the co-founder of CD Projekt Red, uh, whose name I am probably not going to be pronouncing correctly, but Marcin Winsky, uh apologized in this statement. Uh, and he was mostly focused on the consoles, you know, the, the last-gen consoles, which definitely did not look great. Which, I, I, just on a side note, I don't understand how. I, I really don't understand how. I, I've played games that were from much smaller teams, that were much smaller projects that looked terrific on my, my Xbox One S. And I, I, don't, I don't understand why there were such problems with the, the graphics and, and the playability of it, and maybe because of the size of the project. But anyway, the point is, one of the things that he mentioned was, was something that I've heard so much in the last few years from game devs that seem to be using it as a, a crutch to lean on when things are a rush to market. And he said something to the effect of, we were really hoping that these bugs and glitches and problems were going to be fixed in the day one patch. The day one patch. Okay, I really, really want to get into this concept of the day one patch being the salvation of games that are unfinished and are being released before they should go out. This is not an excuse to release the beta version of your game. It, releasing a game preview and basically saying, well, by the time it gets to market, we'll have a day one patch that's going to fix everything, is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
if you know that there are problems associated with your game, that there's a whole bunch of, of flaws and, and, and glitches, and that the, the game has some game ending and brutal ones, and that it is not ready on consoles, and that it just it doesn't work for the formats that you have, and the optimization isn't working, and it, it's glitchy, and the frame rate's bad, and everything, and, and you think to yourself, well, we'll go to press it, we'll take it gold, we'll go to press it, and we'll work it out by the time the game gets released. You failed. Okay, those are things that have to be sussed out and fixed before you go anywhere with it. And I'll tell you the reason why. You'll still need a day one patch. But you'll need the day one patch to fix the things that you don't know about. You need the day one patch to fix the things that you have not known about yet. If you have major problems with the release, like they did with Cyberpunk 2077, you need to fix that immediately. That needs to be done before before you release the game. Before you release the game. I know it's a novel concept, but this is actually something that the video game uh, industry used to do before they had the advent of the internet hooked up to the consoles. If you go back and you look at the old games... Okay, from especially from the 8 and the 16-bit era, but even into the 64-bit era. I remember my N64. I wasn't hooked up to, to the internet or anything on that. And even with my Xbox, my original Xbox didn't really have internet capabilities like we normally think about. That was kind of a rarity. So what did they do? Well, they had to release the game in a finished state. That's what they had to do. They had to release the game in a finished state. Novel. I know. Right? Now, some people are going to probably argue, but Nathan, you know, the games today are so much more advanced. Yeah, but the technology that they're working with is also far more advanced. And yes, the, the dev cycle is longer, but that's the thing. We're accounting for the fact that the games are so complex by having longer dev cycles. They were working on Cyberpunk for eight years. But if it needed more time, fine, it needs more time. But don't tell people that you're going to come out with this product because you're hoping that the day one patch is your salvation. It's not. It's not going to be the fix-all for a product that is not ready to come out. I did a video a while back, and it was not seen by anyone, but that's not very surprising. But I, I did a vlogging camp, and I did this whole thing about uh, stop selling me your beta. Because I felt like a lot of these practices, like day one patches, were being used basically so that games could justify releasing uh, their, their, their titles without finishing them at all. So things like roadmaps of content, all right, th that's, that's one of those things. It's like, well, there's not a lot of content in the game, but there's going to be a roadmap of content. So eventually you'll have a game in the game. Great. Uh, the, the idea that we're going to microtransaction or, or put a bunch of add-ons to finish the game later and you get to pay for that as well. Also, very predatory in its marketing. Um, the, the, these are things that really do bother me because I feel like it is just an, an excuse to say that, yeah, we didn't really give you the game that you were looking for, but one day down the road in enough time... Uh, we'll, we'll be able to give that to you. It, it will be that. Well, you know what? When that day happens, that's when you release the game. Not before. Not two years earlier. 
when the game is done, when you have the content in the game, when the game doesn't have all of those bugs. I understand that there's going to be some bugs and glitches. You're not going to catch everything, but you're going to be able to catch all of the major ones, the big ones, the big problems that are going to break immersion. Because now what you have is an entire community of gamers that are out there that have unfortunately played Cyberpunk in an unfinished state. Now, one day maybe they'll come back to it. Maybe they will return to it once they have fixed all the bugs and the glitches and the problems and they've added more content and they've added free DLC and all the other stuff that they promised when they did that apology video. But the thing is, you've already given them a first impression and you only have one attempt to do that. This is the problem that Crystal Dynamics has had with Avengers. This is the problem that Anthem had when the, uh, for, for Bioware. This is the problem that No Man's Sky had for Hello Games. It's like, yeah, okay, down the road, maybe you can fix it. Maybe you can make it better. But there is only one chance you get at that first impression. And if the first impression does not sell gamers on it, they are not going to want to return to it. There has been so much talk now about all the refunds that they've had to give for people who bought Cyberpunk. And good that they're doing that because they were giving them an unfinished product, making them think that it was indeed finished, that the whole thing was finished that they had been spending all this extra time since its initial release to polish the game when I don't really know what they were doing. If it really did need the polish to get it to the state that it was in, oh wow, I would hate to see what it looked like before. But the point is, the point is, no amount of apologies is going to fix the idea of, of these marketing things like day one patches being the way out of pressing a game that is not complete. Imagine if you were a, a real estate agent. Okay, try to sell people on a house that has no walls in it. And try to explain to them that, well, it's okay, by the time you close on the house, we'll put the walls in. No, the homeowner that's buying this place wants to know that the money that they're spending on that house has a finished house in it. Okay, Th this is ridiculous. It is so, so silly the way that it is being implemented and the way they are talking about this. And then, uh, you know, it goes, it goes further into that apology video, but honestly, it, it's mostly, it's some excuses and talking about roadmap of content, which of course, that, yeah, I could do a whole thing about roadmap of content. Uh, it, it, no, actually, you know what? We're just going to do it now. The roadmap of content thing, I also hate. Why? Because it makes you think that it's okay for the game to create the framework of a game without the actual game involved, and that they'll just release the actual game for a year afterward. The whole concept of a live service is also serving that, for the record. Uh, it's, 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 uh that, that only leaves two options, by the way, when they start talking about roadmaps and live services and all of that stuff, is one, they'll eventually deliver on that pros they'll, they'll eventually deliver on that promise, uh, at, at which point two years on, you'll get the game that you thought you were getting two years ago, or they will abandon the game and you never get the game that you intended to play. Those are basically those two options. Neither one of them are particularly good. So when people start talking about all of that, in addition to day one patches, I, I, I kind of tune out. Uh, so so I, I don't know what they're thinking of there. The, the point is, we really need to get away from these kinds of tactics when it comes to game dev. It doesn't work. 
it only serves to hurt the reputation of the company because like CD Projekt Red, regardless of some of their business practices behind the scene and that they, they have had a few sketchy things that they've done over the course of time, had been revered by the gaming community in general as being like the company that actually tried to put out a great product. But they rushed something to market and yeah, I'm sure they're going to fix it. And yeah, I'm sure they're committed to doing work on it, but that's not going to change the fact that people have already made up their mind that this is no longer a guarantee that CD project red is not going to just instantly give you a great game just because they gave you Witcher three doesn't mean that it's going to happen every single time. We might've had hopeful thoughts that it was going to, but that is not the case. And that's unfortunate because I could count the number of quality game devs that have not fallen to this business model on one hand. I can't even think of the examples I would give right now. Honestly, I don't because I'm kind of scared that if I mentioned anybody the next day, I'm going to find out, oh, no, they're they're terrible, too. They're terrible, too. It's really unfortunate. Once upon a time, we could say that, like, Blizzard, you know, was was like a gold standard. Well, yeah, that's changed. Um, not not the case. Um, yeah, the, the, the list, I'm sure, is much longer than that. And, um, like Nintendo, like I, I really like Nintendo and everything, but Nintendo's gotten weird when it comes to copyrights and, and everything like that too. But in terms of the quality products, yeah, I'd say that you can probably squeeze them on one hand and people might have different ideas of what that is, but it doesn't really change this inherent problem. Day one patches, roadmaps of content, the, the, the live service model, the the early access but then you know you pay full price for the early access kind of thing those practices not to mention microtransactions and loot boxes and the the virtual you know gambling mechanics that they add in like the booster packs not even to mention all of that it's just cheapening the very idea of playing a video game. I applaud games that release and I feel like, yeah, okay, maybe they're not in the in in the completely finished state. Like there's definitely going to be a little bit more smoothing out that they have to do, but it is a fully playable and very enjoyable game out of the gate. My game of the year was Wasteland 3. Wasteland 3 definitely has its fair share of bugs, and I, I was not exactly happy with the number of loading screens and the length of loading screens that were in the game. It reminded me a little bit, a little bit too much of like a Pillars of Eternity. Um, but the, the fact is, is that it was so... The, what, what they had put in there with the writing and the, the gameplay and uh, the customization and all of the elements that they had put in were so good and so enjoyable that I understood why they could say that it was a finished game because, yeah, we're going to have a few glitches and, yeah, it's not exactly optimized for the load screens, but it is a complete gaming experience that people are going to enjoy. Kudos. 
other games that I played this last year that I thought were absolutely terrific were ones like Spirit Fair, which I have to tell you, it feels like it was a completely polished experience for me with very few problems that I could cite and was, was beautiful and was tightly controlled and had interesting characters. This is impressive work. So when, like, Cyberpunk, they, they say, well, it didn't look very good on the old consoles, I sit there and say, did you, did you consult with anybody that worked on Call of the Sea? Because, or, or Haven, any of these games that are from small dev houses that are releasing on last-gen systems and have gorgeous-looking games. Absolutely gorgeous games. I'm not kidding beautiful looking games i i just don't find that to be an adequate excuse either the day one patch should not be an excuse anymore and i refuse to accept that as a model anymore when a game company goes well yeah there's a bunch of problems but we're going to fix it with a day one patch i say no you're not you won't because it never works Cyberpunk 2077 is the cautionary tale that shows that. It is not the first one to use that practice, but it certainly will not be the last. Hopefully, though, it will be the clarion call that explains that even the biggest studios with the best reputations and the most resources... And the biggest IPs with teams that are credible are not immune. And I think that at the end, that might be a good thing for the industry. But I don't know for sure. Anyway, you're going to be happy to know that this episode does not have a day one patch. This is completely correct out of the gate. There were no glitches, there were no errors, and, and I'm certainly not going to revise it later. You're not going to get a 10 gigabyte download later on to fix this episode. I just won't do it. Sorry. Uh, but thank you for joining me on this rant video. And I will talk to you the next time you decide to shuffle on into that uh, lovely hand cart and come talk to me. Uh, and again, just mind your head and your arms and your legs. It's a tight space, right? About, about 50 meters up, it gets very, very tight. You probably noticed that on your way down, but don't, don't do the meerkat thing and like lift your head up right there. That's going to be bad for you. Sorry. See, right there, that's what I was talking about. You gotta, okay, you okay? Shake it off.